Good morning, everyone. I'm R.W. Estella with a word in Edgewise. Today is the 27th of March, the 86th day of 2023, allowing us 279 days to raise heck before 2024. In her poem, Radio, Diane de Prima surmises, I think I forgot to turn off the radio when I left my mother's womb. I think that I forgot to forget. I was born into two places at once. In one, it was chilly, lonely, physical, and uncomfortable. In the other, I stayed in the dimension of spirit. What I knew, I knew. I did not forget. Voices, the world of spirit, held me in its arms. Today in 196 B.C., Ptolemy V, also known as Ptolemy the Beneficent, ascended the throne of Egypt. Today in 1329, Pope Clement V excommunicated Venice and all its population. Today in 1513, Spaniard and conquistador Ponce de Leon and his expedition first sighted Florida. Today in 1849, Joseph Couch patented the steam-powered percussion rock drill. Today in 1855, Canadian geologist Abraham Gessner patented kerosene. Today in 1884, the first long-distance telephone call was made from Boston to New York. Today in 1948, eight days after being released from prison, Billie Holiday sang to a sold-out crowd at Carnegie Hall. Today in 1977, 583 people perished in the world's worst aircraft disaster to date when two Boeing 747s collided at the International Airport on Tenerife, the largest of Spain's Canary Islands. Today in 1980, Mount St. Helens erupted. Heavenward tonight and tomorrow night, low in the western sky after sunset, the planets Mercury and Venus will be in conjunction, a little over one degree apart. And in the southwest sky, our waxing crescent moon will dally with the Pleiades, Aldebaran, and the planet Mars. Almost two months ago, the White House announced that our government will no longer be officially concerned about COVID as an emergency, come May, regardless of COVID's continuing impact on our nation and on the world. The New York Times announced this past Thursday, after more than three years of daily reporting of coronavirus data in the United States, the New York Times is ending its COVID-19 data gathering operation. The Times will continue to publish virus data from the federal government weekly on a new set of tracking pages. The Times explained, this change was spurred by the declining availability of virus data from state and local health officials, since few states report more than once a week, and some no longer report data to the public at all, the weekly data reports from the CDC have become the most reliable source of information on the virus's spread, close quote. Therefore, in its last daily report this past Friday, the Times reported that the U.S. averaged about 20,000 confirmed cases of COVID daily this past week, with 255 deaths per day. That's around 1,785 deaths this past week in the U.S., or approximately one death every five minutes. 
The announcement from the Times comes a little less than two weeks after even the stalwart Johns Hopkins University of Medicine Coronavirus Resource Center website homepage had posted, JHU has stopped collecting data as of 3-10-2023 after three years of around-the-clock tracking of COVID-19 data, close quote. These are some of the major elements at play as our yet omnipresent 21st century plague steadily becomes yet another enormous elephant in our global room, where several of the world's major industrialized nations, the U.S., India, France, Germany, Brazil, Japan, and South Korea, continue to hold the top seven places in cumulative cases of COVID, showing clearly that our supreme obligation is to the economy. Nonetheless, according to the U.S. Centers for Disease Control, COVID remains the number three cause of death in our country, with number one being heart disease and number two being cancer. The fourth leading cause is that broad variety known as the unintentional injury, otherwise called accidents. Check out the CDC's website to see how much more likely you are to die from COVID than from an accident, any accident. Another interesting fact released lately by the FAA is that every wastewater sample taken from every commercial airline flight in the U.S. has indicated the presence of COVID. Locally here in Orono, the University of Maine's Chancellor Daniel Malloy announced a week ago that the University of Maine system will no longer require students to be vaccinated against covid That announcement occurred while my girlfriend and I, teaching five classes between us, have been witnessing a COVID testing positivity rate of about 20% among our students, twice the national average. These days, little mitigation is happening as the University of Maine administration in 2023 continues to approach the question of COVID on campus ambivalently, stating in its official pronouncements that masks are welcome but required only at the individual professor's request. Therefore, many classes have enrollments that are totally Unmask, and some have enrollments required to wear masks. Interestingly, various administrators from one of the colleges on campus recently experienced an outbreak among themselves. They, too, had no longer been wearing masks while in close contact with each other. Since COVID's onset more than three years ago, 105 million cumulative cases of COVID have been reported in the U.S., the most of any country on the planet, proving we are the most hospitable people to the virus, engendering 16% of the world's 677 million cases when we're only 4% of the world's population. On the fatal front globally, current numbers of deaths due to COVID are officially at 6.9 million, while COVID deaths here in the United States are presently at 1.2 million. Worldwide, more than 13.4 billion doses of vaccine have been administered, but remember only 68% of all Americans are vaccinated, and only half of those vaccinated have had a minimum of one booster shot since. Today in 1924 in Newark, New Jersey, jazz singer Sarah Vaughn was born to parents who loved music and happily provided her with piano lessons. Sarah joined her mother in the Mount Zion Baptist Church Choir, and when Sarah turned 18, she entered, on a dare, the Raukhaus, a weekly amateur contest at Harlem's Apollo Theater, and sang Body and Soul. After witnessing the performance, pianist and band leader Earl Hines remarked, She just came out there cool as a cucumber, never moved a muscle, and just sang. 
Thus, Sarah won the contest, and Hines hired her to sing with his band, with whom she performed through the 1940s before going solo. She recorded her first hit, It's Magic, in 1947. Sarah Vaughan received many rave reviews and compliments, perhaps one of the strangest coming from Frank Sinatra. Sassy sings so good, he exclaimed, I want to cut my wrists with a dull blade and let her sing me to death. Today is the birthday in 1845 of the German physicist who discovered X-rays and won the Nobel Prize, Wilhelm Röntgen. In 1863, of English industrialist and automobile founder Henry Royce. In 1868, of American composer and teacher who wrote Happy Birthday to You, Patti Smith Hill. In 1899, of American actress Gloria Swanson. In 1905, of the first Canadian woman to earn a bachelor's degree in electrical engineering, Elsie McGill. And of American blues piano player Leroy Carr. In 1907, of American actress Mary Treen. In 1926, of American New York school poet Frank O'Hara. In 1931, of David Jansen. In 1932, of American blues and soul singer Junior Parker. In 1942, of British actor Michael York. And in 1970, of Mariah Carey. For more on Omain, I'm R.W. Estella with a word in edgewise. Here's to the second official week of spring, the 13th week of the new year, and the first quarter moon tomorrow.